sounding over our heads now. Oh, 
Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh. You didn't know Santa was this handsome, did you? And a little younger than you thought. Ridiculously good looking. Santa is definitely a male model. That's what the transfiguration of Christ will do to you. Oh. <laughs> Make you a new creature. Whoa. <laughs> I just decided today to get trashed on the anointing. It's the only thing you can do. There's really nothing else you can do in this world that has any effect of changing things for the better, except to stay completely wasted on the anointing of the Holy Spirit all the time and find some like-minded people. Hey, man. Whoa. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the oasis went away. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Whoa. It's been an intense day of wrestling all the principalities of Satan, pretty much in all of America, and and winning, yeah. and really winning. Uh, it's exciting to see that the two trees in the garden are coming into a full maturation. I really enjoy it. I tell you what, the pressure today of wrestling Jezebel was so intense that my right eye felt like it was physically going to bleed several times. But my heart was so built up with heaven that it couldn't even penetrate my eyes in the past I'd nearly sweat blood in wrestling these American principalities it'd be so intense the pressure between the light and the darkness but the fire of the sun and the fire of the rainbow and the fire of the angel and the fire of my father are so strong that all they could do is cry and lose even the hardest heart will melt in the fire of love that's coming forth on Christmas. That's right. God's Christmas gift to the world is the fullness of His love, which is the greatest thing for those that actually like love and are not idolaters. <laughs> but to the idolaters, guess what you get for Christmas? Death. Death. It, they will lay down before the throne and die. You read that two days ago mm -hmm. is Revelation 1? Mm -hmm. That they fall down as though dead before his throne of glory. You guys want to see the flesh mind of Cain fall down as dead before the throne of glory? 
That's what's gonna happen now. It's already happening. You're seeing it a little bit. It's about to go totally national. All America. It'll be the separation from madness and gladness. And madness will be stripped of power, so you don't need to worry about anything from them. Because all the power is being transferred to those who've chosen the path of Jesus, that have chosen gladness. Literally see the war taking place in the heavens. <laughs> Whoa, the skies shall be opened. The window into heaven shall be revealed. And all shall see the war taking place on your behalf. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? And we have been taking on those principalities with complete joy and satisfaction on your behalf. You know what? Tell you how I defeated them today. I said, get in my belly! We ate those demons today. They ain't messing with us anymore. <laughs> and it's the childlike innocence of the Lord Jesus that the Father gives all his power to. It's not to the high and mighty and the educated and who have it together in their brains that get the power of the Son. The power of the Son is only wielded by the children that are proven to have no agenda except the Heavenly Father's. Nothing else. We've never cared about anything except the Father. I don't care about anything. I don't care about my ministry. I don't care about respectability. I don't care about my financial partners. I don't care about any of it except pleasing the Father. I mean, that's the test that every Christian is meant to pass over and over to grow from glory to glory. And some people pass those tests, and some people don't. And the ones that don't always murder and destroy the ones that do. They try to. They try to, but we're getting so strong because of our obedience and our constant sacrifice of everything. I mean, there's, there's a whole company of people that love God in this world that are, like, all in to, like, yeah, whatever the Father wants. But did you know that a lot of them are that are not in are actually the leaders of the systems that are not all in. Mm. And that's why the leaders have people completely corralled right now, like in prison camps, that won't let them free into the next move of God, which is the fullness of the river of life in the tabernacle of David and the Ezekiel 47 water temple. There is no blueprint other than this blueprint that we give you. Other prophets can talk about it, and they are. We've, we talk with them, and if they're accurate, they're literally saying what we're saying. So there is unity. It's not just Red Letter Ministries. Anyone that's relevant right now is giving the planet the same word. We test it around the world. We'll listen to different people. It's like, oh, how refreshing. This person actually is serving the Father and not themselves. Because it's super rare. But it will be revealed now that all these leaders out there that just lie to people, they're idolaters. People get mad at us all the time because we won't serve mammon with them. That's <laughs> true. It's amazing to me. I have no grid for that kind of thought life that you would consider men, that you would consider money. 
It's so foreign to the mind of Christ that when people get offended at us all the time, I have to kind of, you know, like a shocked sheep. How is that possible? What kind of thinking pattern goes into that type of psychology that something could offend you? And what it boils down to is the seed of Cain and the seed of Christ. The two trees in the garden. That's what we're dealing with now in the climax of the ages and the maturation of the times. And a lot of people have a mixture of Cain. What's Cain? Self. The delusion of self. That we're something apart from the Father's glory. In any area of our heart, soul, and flesh. It's just ridiculous. But a lot of people believe that. They believe that they have a self. They believe in the power of self. They believe in serving self, protecting self, and self-promotion. That whole Cain system and Cain seed line is under siege right now by the selfless ones. Amen. And the selfless ones are in absolute unity. Unity. And we'll come together because the selfish ones of Cain versus the selfless ones of Christ they can pretend in the Cain camp to be Christian for only so long until they're exposed. Like, you know what? It sounds like Christianity. It even sounds like you're doing some kind of sacrifice for God, mm. but the fruit is horrible pride. Mm. And when you boil them down, it's actually idolatry. Mm-hmm. And their father is Satan and not our father in heaven. And so when that's exposed by this fire, the fire of love will completely expose the selfish servants of the Cain seed line whose father is the devil. And the selfless Christ servants of God the Father in love and peace, and especially no idolatry, no mammon. It should not even be a part of the equation. It should be something so under your feet that you walk on streets of gold. But in no way could it ever be in your heart and your mind and serve God. I mean, that is a foundation, day one, born again, idolatry conquering. That you have money, mammon, and gold under your feet. If it's in your heart and your mind, you could, that day is forfeit to the devil. You have to go back and just wash that day in the blood because that day you served idols. And for most people that are not self-sacrificed, The only other option here on earth, especially in rich America, is the serving of money. So all the servants of money are going to get hit with the fire of love because they've talked love, but in their hearts they've served mammon. And I've dealt with this continuously in ministry 13 years. I've lived in condemned houses, I've lived... And I've, and I've really done this thing correctly. And I don't care what anyone says. The anointing and the angels testify to everything we do. You see how people go into insanity when they come against us. The glory judgment is ferocious in the devouring of their souls. It's like Daniel handing Nebuchadnezzar over to being an animal crawling on his belly. They literally lose their minds and go completely insane because it's either gladness or madness. And the gladness is the selflessness of Christ, which sounds like everyone should practice, but very few go all in to sacrificing everything. And then the Father requires a greater sacrifice each morning. More of your death, more of yourself. And it's not hard, it's wonderful. You lay down before the Father's throne every morning and all of the past successes you have, and you put them at His feet and you die. 
so that today can be about Him and in no way is about myself. That's the daily discipleship of every son and daughter of the living God. And we practice that for years and years and years. It's true. We don't care how it looks. We don't care how it sounds. We don't care about honoring human earthly cultures. We honor the culture of love of heavenly Jerusalem. This language in the ancient language is love. The ancient language is wisdom. So how it is expressed in earthly terms and earthly appearances matters nothing to us because we're not of the earth, we're of heaven. And heaven's ways are the ways of the invisible spirit. And the only way you see heaven's ways into this natural realm is by feeling and tasting the fruit of that invisible world called the kingdom of heaven. And none of these servants of Cain care about fruit. They only care about appearances. And when it boils down, because I boil it boil down, there's like hundreds of these people that get boiled down all the time. It turns out, because it's fascinating to me what their actual problem is, it's always idolatry. You were in this thing to make money? You were in this thing to build your own little thing and to have your own little paradise on earth? And it wasn't actually even the serving of God the Father. You'd be shocked. You guys are about to be shocked worldwide at the Christian idolatry of how much in the world that says it's Christian has not been authorized by the Father of glory. And that these people don't lay down before his throne to serve his purposes on earth. They have their own ideas and their own agendas. I tell you the truth, all of it will burn in the judgment fire of love. Because it's not loving, it's selfish, it's greedy, it's the horror of Babylon activity, it's the serving of Jezebel and the fallen angels. And all of it's getting dealt with by the judgments of love so that the holy people that actually serve the Father can inherit the kingdom. And the kingdom means the businesses of the earth. Mm. Amen. So good. <laughs> and here's the test. <laughs> Ask yourselves, how much are the people who proclaim Christ actually suffering for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ? Because suffering is a fruit of the Spirit. We suffer, we die daily. I mean, my God, we could go on about all the sufferings we've endured for your sake and for the sake of the kingdom of God. Long suffering. Long suffering is, is an essential fruit of the Spirit for your growth. Versus escapism. Escapism, and let's set up this false reality that everything's picture perfect and Hollywood-esque and we have the beautiful you know photogenic family and everything is you know we're good you know we're, we're we're the good christian people my god you're serving satan holy spirit help us <laughs> like let's get a picture for suffering for the sake of god because we get to partake in the suffering of the lamb of god and that is counted to us as righteousness amen bring on the suffering we've been wrestling the principalities of satan so intensely this week so we're fresh from war bringing this presentation just dripping with victory so if you don't understand what's going on here this is what it feels like in the intensity fresh from the battle it's true I, it, and I love it I love being on the front lines I love it I'd be so bored doing anything else but this intensity of the strength of the sun burning at midday and, and see the sun burning at midday, that intensity of the star of your earth 
as the power and strength of love. You need to measure it with the fire of the sun. Because it's literally the bridegroom's chambers. Psalms 19 verses 4 and 5 is the clue that Jesus says about the wise and foolish virgins. He said they will go into the bridegroom's chambers. Now Jesus is the word. And he was referring to Psalms 19. That these people would go into the power of the son of righteousness. They're not getting into raw. They're not getting into weird, you know, cults. God, you know, the, you're talking to the man, Jesus, that created the Son when he's speaking these things. You know what I mean? He's not talking about paganism or occult or, you know, all of that. He's not talking about what the, the warlocks of Egypt are doing. His magic is so far superior because he's the maker of the sun and the moon and the stars. It's true. <laughs> this is so quintessential for your understanding that you go into the power of the heat and the fire of the sun of righteousness this season because it is the bridegroom's chambers. What is the bridegroom's chambers? What do the wise enter? Do they become like magi? Do they become like the wise men? Come on, somebody. Merry Christmas. Do, do the sons and daughters of God that actually serve him in spirit and truth become magi? Do they go into the light of the sun? Do they learn the light magic and become masters of time? Do they enter the chamber of the sun? Of Psalms 19, 4 and 5. Do they? Do they enter the bridegroom's chamber? Do they enter and harness the fire power and the light of the sun? Of course they do. Moses went up Mount Sinai and when he came down, it actually says that he melted down the golden image, the golden calf, in the wilderness. <clears throat> that takes several thousand degrees of burning to do that. Can you burn at several thousand degrees of physical heat to melt gold down as a man or woman on earth in the power of the sun, in the power of the bridegroom's chambers, Yes, you can. And they will shine like the stars or the suns in the heavens forever. Daniel 12, 1 through 3. Amen. Because they entered the bridegroom's chambers. They entered the sun of righteousness. Magi. Heavy drinking. Make the meat go down. Plant the seed. I don't get it. Some of you get it. Most don't. Drink it. The words are true. They're from the Bible. It's the correct interpretation at a seventh level of sonship for the taking back of this world from Satan and his angels. It will melt down, not the gold calf. I haven't seen anyone with a gold calf my entire life. What it will melt down is the 666 in their forehead, which is the modern day gold calf. I saw it happening to many listening. <laughs> the sons of God will shine in the brightness and the heat of the strength of the sun at midday. And it will melt the mark of the beast, which is the, ki the cane mind of flesh, right out of their foreheads. 
and people will come into the bridegroom's chambers. You know who comes into the bridegroom's chambers? Everyone that receives the sun, fire, light of Revelation 10.1, which is the rainbow halo, the mind of Christ partnered with the heat and intensity of the sun, with the angel's feet on the sun and the earth, and the earth is the flesh of the carnal mind, the mark of Cain. And it melts in the heat of the sun. I'm talking about natural light, fully mixed with glory light, both. So that it's a complete lockdown of spirit dimension and natural dimension by the manifesting sons of God. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> This is our last broadcast, at least for me. Nikolai and Jake are going to do some broadcasts when we're in Winter Park. But this is my last broadcast till January 6th. <laughs> hey, get the schools on Udemy on our website. We have over 300 recorded sermons from 2019 alone on Apple iTunes Podcast, SoundCloud, YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, and it's all on there for your glorification. It was the best year ever. It was totally just a year of love judgment and transition from 30-fold, 60-fold into the 100-fold. But by far the best year of my life. By far. I'm just so thankful for every one of you that walked with me, even if it was for a month. Even if it was for a week that you walked with me. I still treasure those times together. And even though it hurts when people walk away, I get over it quickly, and I still love you, and I'll water you, and if you ever come back to me, I will be your friend, and I won't bring up anything negative that you said or that I said about you. We'll just get over it, and we'll hug, and we'll cry, then we'll laugh, and we'll have feasting together and fellowship together, and all the bitterness of selfishness and pride can be burnt out of everyone's hearts and minds. No matter what it takes, no matter what we need to sacrifice to come into unity, I'm not saying everyone's coming back. You know, the majority of people in the last 12 years that have gone away never come back. Do we love them? We love them perfectly. What I'm excited about is not the ones that fell away, but the ones that are coming forth now in harvest. Mm. Because when you go from glory to glory, people will grow to the place where they say no to God. They'll just let the Father expand up until they say, Nope, you can't take that from me, because the glory is an all-consuming fire. And we want to hold on to pieces of ourselves that we're not willing to put on the altar, so you can't grow with those people. And the faster you're growing, the more people will fall away from you. Truth anyhow. So it's not about the ones that were with you along the way, although they're precious people, their souls are valuable. It's about the ones that when you're a fully healthy star, with your soul shining in the full intensity of the Father's love and the full intensity of the Son, the ones that come into that life and that light are the ones harvested at the end times. Mm. They're the ones that can never fall away because they'll get sealed in the bridegroom's chambers. Mm-hmm. You can't get bitter if you get born in the fullness of the Son of God's canopy. If you are born and raised in the Garden of Eden, you don't have a grid for religion, so you could never get offended by anything when you're born in the fullness of freedom, joy, and illumination. 
It's all grace. Hundredfold grace. There won't be any mixture with law. There won't be any mixture of the knowledge of good and evil. There won't be any mixture of all this horrible selfishness that you deal with in the false Jezebelic church. There won't be a drop of that. So there will be only the good seed of the hundredfold realm that grows up in the hearts and souls of those that are harvested in the sons of God outpouring. Amen. And here's the blueprint. I mean, it's just Acts chapter 10. And a sheet fell from heaven. Peter saw a sheet filled with unclean things fall from heaven. Why are there unclean things falling from heaven on a sheet? What I mean, what are sheets used for? The union glory, the love glory, the covering of God. It was a literal sheet of uncleanness, but God had cleansed it and he said, Peter, go and eat the unclean things. Wow. <laughs> Unify yourselves with the things that I have called cleansed. Gentile harvest, the sheet of unclean that are made clean. And believe it or not, when we've been wrestling all these horrible principalities this whole time, the overflow of our glory fire has been making the Gentiles clean out there the entire time. I've been watching all the overflow off of our tables scrub their brains, scrub their hearts, scrub their bodies, scrub their businesses and refine them. That's why you have such a greater excellence amongst the Gentiles than you do amongst the Christians. I mean, it's really a huge gap of differentiation of excellences and laziness versus work ethic and all these things that you see everywhere. And it's all because of the overflow of the sons of God wrestling the principalities. And when a person is religious, they're submitted to a Jezebelic principality and often become the enemies of the apostles. Paul dealt with it continuously, people siding with religion and then getting beat up and stoned by the Judaizers and having very few allies. He he talks about all the people that betrayed him in his epistles. Oh, poor crybaby Paul, complaining Paul, poor Paul. And you know that religious spirit that works amongst people would still feel that way about Paul when he's talking about all the continuous betrayal he put up with in wrestling the principalities of the cities that he's planting the kingdom into. So you deal with the whole demonic world continuously at this level. And if there's any bitterness in a person, it can show up like Mr. Smith in someone at any time. If you have any poison in you, it doesn't matter if you've only done a little sin in your life. The demon has access through the portal of bitterness that you've drank the the water of wormwood. That's how the demons manifest continuously through people for years and years and years. And the hole is never plugged. I manifested for three months at Teen Challenge. The hole was plugged. I got the roots of David and then got baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it wasn't continuous manifestation. I had, a, I had a depression spirit jump on my head one time after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in the spring of the year 2000. And the Spirit of God said, interaudibly, read the Psalms out loud. And I physically felt the spirit of depression come off my head. This was after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders, deliver deliverance for two hours every other day for three months. 
uh, October 99 to Je January of 2000. But I still got attacked by a demon in my soul of depression. But then the Spirit of God said, just read the Psalms out loud. And the demon left. And it never came back. Because it's a permanent deliverance. And then you deal with other places of refinement in your heart. And you get the other stuff out under a microscope. And the sanctification goes deeper and deeper. But demon possession should cease. Unless there's a root problem. And when there's a root problem, people will manifest demons for their entire lifetime. There are people that will manifest demons from 18 to 88 every day because they got a root of bitterness. The root of bitterness is what springs up in some and defiles many. It's I got wounded or hurt, my pride got hurt is what it is. Because if you're laid down before the altar and die, you can't offend a dead person. You just haven't died with him. So it's amongst those that are not crucified with Christ, that serve the ego, which is the mark of Cain, they get embittered because something happened to them. Now they have a legal right in the kingdom of hell to attack people. It's called the root of bitterness. You deal with roots of bitterness every day of your life. And, you know, it's holidays right now. So, we all probably deal with it. In some families, everyone has the root of bitterness. In other families, it's just one or two people that are that negative, condescending, nasty person that you just kind of chuckle at and just don't let their poison into your heart. You know what I mean? Just be on guard around that person. If you let their words go in your heart, they'll poison you. They manifest literally the poison out of the throne of Satan. Satan's, one of Satan's main strategies after you're born again is to get you offended and tell you you have a right because something negative happened. And then the demons will crawl into your head. You start contorting. Every single day you start manifesting until you deal with the root, until you will let God heal your heart and you come to an understanding that what happened to you really did hurt you, but I have to lay down before his throne and die to my woundedness, die to my hurt, die to my victim mentality, die to my self-pity. Self-pity in the root of bitterness, I've heard several prophets say that self-pity is the highest form of fallen angel pride, that I feel bad for myself because I didn't get what I deserved, what I thought I deserved. Something happened to me, I got wounded, so I have a right to be bitter, and I have a right to hurt others. It's the highest form of fallen angel pride, and it's common and allowed and tolerable in almost every church in the world. You'll find people with roots of bitterness. Oh, well, something happened to them. Oh, it's just okay to allow poison and wormwood to spew out of their mouth like a fountain. We just tolerate the persons of the wicked. We tolerate evil, spirit-serving people every day. Do we love them? Of course we love them. Do we drink their waters? You cannot drink a bitter person's waters. You will join them in wormwood. What does it say of those who drink wormwood? Everyone that drank from that fallen angel star died. They died spiritually. They died in their spirit, right here in their heart. The only way to get that root of bitterness, that death of the fallen angels out of your root system, is to lay down before Jesus and die to your pride. Because the root of bitterness is the highest form 
of fallen angel pride. It's one of the main things we're dealing with right now in this horror Babylon. The root of bitterness, wormwood, and the bitter waters. The answer to everything of the demonic realm is just coming before his throne and dying in the glory. A bitter person will never die, though. They'll get bit more and more bitter. They'll say, well, you don't understand me, you don't know me, and you think it... That's pride. God knows you, and we're temples of the Holy Spirit, temples of God. God lives inside those that are not bitter. There's a river flowing out of us. So we do know you. You just won't allow us to know you. You won't allow us in to your heart. The whole kingdom of heaven is within you, John, Luke 17, 21. So that means that everyone that's in the Holy Spirit, everyone that's in the river, in the heart realm, can come into your heart and deal with you if you just get over yourself and die. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yep. And that's why the prophets talk about the sacrifice in the temple being restarted at the second coming of Christ. Because the glory realm combined with the tribulation that the glory brings, you're either in glory or tribulation. Either way, the sacrifice has to be made. But what is the sacrifice? Everyone's looking to Jerusalem and waiting for the third temple to be built. I'll tell you what, the third temple's already built. It's inside of you. The Spirit lives in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are a spiritual stone of the third temple. And the third temple has been, it has been built and the capstone is being placed in this season. And what's happening is you have to bring the sacrifice to remain under the power of this glory. And what's the sacrifice? It's the, it's the carnal mind, the beast system, the 666, the, the fallen world illusion that we've, that we've eaten of. And sacrificing our own fleshly desires on, on the altar to be able to endure this season. And it just happens in the mind. It just happens like a prayer. You just bring it before the Lord and lay it down and say, just like just like Abraham brought his son to the mountaintop, to the altar, but of course, he didn't have to actually sacrifice his son. There was a scape, you know, the scapegoat for him, right? So it's, it's all about doing that in the spirit, in your heart, so that you can endure this time Glory. The living stones. The building of Ezekiel's water temple. And the building of heavenly Jerusalem. How do you become a part of this building? This apostolic prophetic building. This perfect work of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The living stone that is your contribution to the whole building is your brain continually offered to the living water. If your brain is not offered to the living water, you have no part in this city and in this temple. Because the brain that's not crucified with Christ is still a part of the old wine and the old wineskin. This is the conflict right now. That's the great tribulation is of the old building by self and the new building by God the Father Himself through people's hearts crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. And you see every single day those that resist the Holy Spirit living waters. 
They quench the water. They resist the water. They grieve the living water because they don't bring their brain into the river to become the stones of the water temple. I see the stones of the living stones of human souls being carried. I'll go in. I'll jump in. Don't ever get out of the water. Don't ever give control back to self because there is no self. It's just fallen angel control. And the fallen angels give you the delusion that you're in control, but they are. Everyone that's not in with their brain underwater, controlled by the river, is 100% controlled by devils worldwide. That's the curse of the fall. Fallen angels, 200 million strong, Revelation chapter 9. It is written, all of them will be judged as we bring our souls underwater. Let the living water, the river of life, carry us into the new city. And where we belong in the new city is not up to us. We forfeit our lives. I am not my own. I'm about with the price. I therefore honor God with my body. How about we be crucified with Christ and be real Christians and let the living water, which we know is eternal life and everlasting joy, God the Father's control of our souls, place us in the city where He has us and trust that His plan for our lives is far beyond anything we could do with our own souls. And then when you put your brain in the water, it washes your brain, your soul, to the place where you're supposed to be. And then you become a partaker of the divine nature and a co-heir with Christ of the new city that God has prepared for you. Not that man's prepared for you. The living waters of God, the river of God that makes glad the city of God, of everyone who has volunteered their souls into the river to be a living stone in this last building of the temple and the city of God. Amen. And that's the only blueprint for the whole world. And everyone that's outside the river, even a little bit, you could be shoulder deep. The glory stream is shoulder deep. They'll go down, they'll bring their head down sometimes during church services, but bring it, bring it back, back up afterwards. I've dealt with thousands of them. But find a people that are willing to sacrifice organizations. Find a people willing to sacrifice Babylon the Great and everything that's in the world, lust the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All of your laws. How about that? Can you imagine someone sacrificing all their national laws, their state laws? What? To the law of love. The law of love is the river of life. Mm. I've rare to find anyone that will give up their legalism to a degree. We'll go so far, but that's where we say no, and then I'll go and obey a national law. You need to obey the law of love. Paul says, I obey God and not man. Otherwise, I'm no servant of Christ. Mm. Amen? I mean, it's common sense stuff, but almost no one does it. And we go so far in the law of love. We go so far in the river of life. And then we say no to God. We get out of the river, get beat up by demons, blame God, get bitter, and go off into wormwood. We've seen that thousands of times. We need to demonstrate consistency of life underwater. Consistency of our souls, fully drenched and controlled, not by self, but by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That has never been demonstrated by a group of people in the history of the world. It hasn't. You saw types and shadows in the kingdom of David and kingdom of Solomon. You've seen types and shadows throughout the last 6,000 years. Now, by the manifesting sons of God, the perfect ones, that are perfectly sanctified by the river of life, by real Christianity and full submission to the Holy Spirit constantly in all things that have no agenda, no guile. This will bring forth the clarity for everyone to have heaven on earth with no flesh in control of anything. Because you can trust the Father 
He's a perfect father of spirits, a father of lights, and a father of glory. And the only way you get to know him is by taking a step of faith in the river and putting your brain in and start to get washed. Let's see where this river takes my living stone. I'm a little alive. I wonder what happens if I become a lot alive. Will he carry me into places I don't want to go? Of course he will. He will. And you have to decide on God or self every step of the way. And we're going to go all the way and decide on God and let him form his entire blueprint in this generation. Because it's, it's the funnest, it's the most prosperous, it's perfect health, you'll never get sick, you'll never even get a common cold. And when we all come together in full yielding to the river and let the river put a, place our souls in the city and in the temple, we'll demonstrate the fullness of heaven on earth. And that's what will cause global revival. Even if just the 30 of us, 40 of us, 50 of us that are part of this every day, that know each other, that have sacrificed everything constantly to, to practice righteousness, even if just us, this 50, come together and do this, the whole planet will follow. Mm -hmm. Because this is the only thing the Father is interested in forming in the whole world. Yeah. And I really feel like this is a time <laughs> as we're entering 2020 where God is making our vision sing singular. Bringing us to a place where our eyes are made single. So I command over the body of Christ right now that our eye our eyes are made single and that we have single vision and our vision is fixed on the kingdom of heaven that we seek with our eyes that our eyes get hungry for the kingdom of heaven and that we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and we add on everything else uh, to us and that there is nothing else that Satan or his or his thrones and his camps can try to pull our singular vision off course because it is so solidified and so singular. In Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll come and tempt you with all kinds of good ideas every day that would destroy your soul. It's such a bunch of rubbish. The greatest thing you could do is start drinking. <laughs> I, mean, I tell you what, and never look back. S start drinking, keep drinking, and don't ever stop drinking the living water until you live in the depths of the river, until the fullness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is formed in you. It's really a one-step formula for the entire New Covenant. Drink it. Drink it. Drink it. This is the cup of the New Covenant. Drink it. And we haven't drunk enough to really understand who God is. And when we drink, we need to give Him our heart. And we need to give Him control of our soul. There's no greater treason than drinking the glory and then retaining control of your soul. Because you're tasting of the goodness of God and then not allowing Him to work His will through your soul. The stubbornness is what gets us in trouble. When we say no, even after we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and then want to use His goodness for ourselves instead of Himself, that's high treason. It's high treason to use the glory of God for our ministries, for, for looking good in front of others, for people pleasing, for raising finances. All of it is an abomination that causes desolation. It's really high treason. It's blasphemy at the greatest level of stabbing God the Father in the back. That's as bad as it gets. 
And we're so deep in the glory that people that aren't obedient after drinking this glory, that's why they go insane right away. You notice that? People literally lose their minds, get locked up in mental institutes because they said no to the Father. Really, I just shared the most precious substances of my heart of the eternal realm of glory with you. And now you're going to try to make money off of it? Now you're going to try to go and start a denomination and start a church off of it? Start your own little thing, do your own little thing? Be a worker of iniquity with ta- after tasting my glory? Aren't you interested in... Think about it, though. Jesus was used to that in his ministry. Mm-hmm. He would heal the ten lepers, mm-hmm. but only one came back and gave him his will. The other nine went off and did their own thing. Yeah. You can get healed and still go to hell. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? You could have health. Jesus said it's, you chop off your hands and then chop off your, pluck your eye out to enter the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So what it really is talking about is the level of what it takes to sacrifice to serve his will. It's not even so much about drinking the glory as yielding your will. If you drink the glory, don't yield your will. You'd still be lucky to go to heaven because you haven't done my will. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Word iniquity means you did your will. You're not going to go to heaven unless you do the will of God. (laughs) People think they can go to heaven by drinking the glory, participating in Christian ritualism, and living their lives for themselves. And I'm not preaching a condemnation here. I'm saying it's time to yield your will so you can enter the city of David. This isn't like super hard stuff. This is super biblical, easy, fun, and light. But our main problem as rich, spoiled brat Americans is that we don't yield our will will after tasting of the glory of God. And we have all of our plans, all of our education, what we want to do with our life, and the things of the kingdom of heaven <coughs> are so other that it is common, the majority. I mean, it would be an underestimation that one out of a thousand after tasting the glory yield their will. It was one in ten in Jesus' day with the, with the lepers cleanse. I've been doing this thing by the tens of thousands for 10 years. It's way more than this, but it's like one in a thousand, the taste of the power of God and the age to come that actually align their spinal cord with his throne and say, whatever you want to do with my life. Those are the only people that have ever hung around Red Letter Ministries for any time length because we don't care about anything except the Father's will. And I don't care how ugly it is in prideful people's eyes. Mm -hmm. People that practice respectability. People that practice people-pleasing. People that practice idolatry. Idolatry is having anything before your eyes except our Heavenly Father. So we're entering a time of extreme mature holiness, which is the awesomest pleasure you'll ever experience. My favorite thing is the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. And holiness so extreme that it feels like you're burning in the center of the sun in full strength at midday. That's right. I want my flesh to be scorched off my spirit for my celestial body to come forth. I will pay any price to walk in the fullness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I know there are many people at the sound of my voice that are all in. But it'll be that demonstration that brings forth the harvest. They'll be harvested into the fire of the sun mixed with the rainbow of the Holy Spirit called the Bridegroom's Chambers. Mm -hmm. 
They're going to be harvested into perfect love. And everyone that comes into the mature sons of God that are the, the ones that overcame the Jezebelic false Christian system in the world and all the principalities of religion, the container of every unclean spirit, of all of those who have practiced false religion, those that overcome that box of Saturn's cube, of serving the ego and the mark of the beast and the mark of Cain and fall, and they come up into the glory of God above the curse, those are the kings and generals, those are the queens and the lords, the 144,000 that have overcome Jezebel to rule from the angelic sphere over all the nations for the next thousand years. That's what will form as you overcome religion as you overcome the selfishness, the pride. And when you put your brain in the river and you let God's will be done with your soul and He carries you into the city of David and places you where He wants you to be, which is called your destiny, and you align your will, your spinal cord, with the spinal cord of Jesus Christ in the flesh at the right hand of God in Zion, then you'll be an exact carbon copy of the invisible God. Simply by aligning your back with His back your will with His will, by yielding to the river of life, the spirit of truth that will lead you and guide you in all truth. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and you know, you said an important thing, Brandon, which is this. Look, <laughs> Jesus was literally speaking about people going into heaven with one hand or one eye. What do we just split? We just prayed for the, the singular vision, right? But get a picture of this. Like, people think that heaven... Look, things in heaven are restored, but there is actual people in heaven who are missing body parts and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a scriptural proof look at this look at this think about this for a minute Jesus when he took the sins on the cross okay he took sin iniquity and transgression the nails in his hands the the spear in his side right and he was ascended to the father he was resurrected in the flesh Jesus Christ resurrected in the flesh okay and when he resurrected he still bore the marks in his hands and in his side. Those marks remain with him in heaven. Why? He bore the sins. Father's will. He bore the sins on his body. And he cut those pieces of his body off in order to ascend to the Father. So that it could be cut off from the world and cut off from heaven because that's all getting thrown out. He fed Judas the bread from his very hand. The bread that led to the betrayal from his very hand. Mm. And his hand bears that mark. Mm. So some of us have to really get an understanding here that you have to bear the sufferings like Christ bore the sufferings. You're literally going to bear wounds and you have to count it all joy and you have to, you have to persevere and press through to help redeem the entire earth under the glory that God is bringing forth in this hour. Mm. Beautiful. The bridegroom's chambers. I'm going to read it. <laughs> now, while you get that up, one more thing on the sheets, too. Isn't it interesting that the Jewish custom was that they would bring the the sheet to the to the parents of the bride after the consummation of the marriage they would show the blood on the sheets and blood was considered unclean but it was considered a clean thing it was you know they had to show the sanctification of the marriage the consummation of the marriage 
and the unclean animals on Peter's sheet in his vision. Yeah, the word we brought earlier about the Magi and for during the season is so wonderful for the wise virgins. Wise virgins are ones full of oil. People that have served Christ internally. Christ is the oil. Jesus has been perfectly and fully here on earth since Pentecost. There is not one drop of him that he withheld in heaven. His spirit is the fullness of who he is and who the Father is. And those that are full of the Holy Spirit, the river of life, are already in heaven on earth perfectly for 2,000 years. So we're wise virgins because we're full of God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. He said the Father and I are one. Oh, well, the Father's in heaven. No, the Spirit and the Father are one. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So you have the same Spirit, the same anointing that Jesus got from His Father. You've had the white dove here. You've had the seven spirits of God here. You've had the river of life here entirely in fullness during 2,000 years. What, what you've also had here is 200 million lying religious spirits that have tried to have you serve a religious Jesus, a, a false river, <laughs> a false system, and get you to build pyramids in Egypt, which is the dry place, which makes Christianity about you instead of Christianity about Christ in you. Mm. So you, that whole horror Babylon system will be utterly burnt to ashes. It's not redeemable. It says Babylon the Great has become a tabernacle of every unclean thing and a, and a tent of all the demons of Satan in the world. So literally those that are religious, even in our religion, Christianity, that don't come into the glory, don't come into the river, don't come into the tabernacle of David in the water temple... I'm not saying they're going to die. What I'm saying is their system is going to die. But the fire of God will come so strong that all of that expression of false Christianity will burn. Interesting, it's the very first chapter of Anne Roundtree's Heaven Awaits the Bride. You have the goat's battering ram, which is the cane mind of flesh, destroying the walls of the religious church, the selfish, ego-driven church. Those that serve the light of Cain instead of the light of God the Father. They serve the fallen angels. There is a Christianity in the earth that 100% serves the fallen angels. It's any Christianity outside the river of life. Now check this out. Psalms 19 verse 4. Yet all the world can see its story. Everywhere its gospel is clearly read so all may know. Passion translation. Psalms 19 verse 5. What a heavenly home God has set for the sun, shining in the superdome of the sky. See how he leaves his celestial chamber each morning, radiant as a bridegroom ready for his wedding. What's the wedding? A people that harness the power of the sun, that shines from its course. This is the next verse, the next part of the verse. Wedding, like a day-breaking champion eager to run his course. The sun has a course. And it says this in Judges 5.20 about Deborah, warred with the stars from their courses. It's God's original intent of the celestial realm 
aligning through souls on earth and burning away the fallen angels' rebellion through people's brains. It's the removal of the curse of the fall, what I'm telling you right now. There is a time in God's timeline that a people get mature enough in Jesus, the Word who created the heavens, that will actually harness the stars of the heavens. And there's been mystics, and there's been judges, kings, prophets, and priests throughout the last 6,000 years. Daniel did, clearly Enoch did. Many, many men and women went into the star courses of the heavens and harnessed the power of the stars. It's true. Jesus, the star of Bethlehem. The Magi followed the star of Bethlehem. And the star of Bethlehem was a planet. You know, you can check out that documentary on YouTube called The Star of Bethlehem. It's amazing. And it's all about, like, Jupiter and Venus and all these stars and and the seven stars in his right hand and the twelve stars on the bride's head and Revelation 12.1. And you get into the heavenly realm through Jesus, and everyone that gets in this realm outside of Jesus is a thief and a robber. You know that verse. What was he talking about? Harnessing the power of the stars. They were serving the star refund, Jesus said, or... Stephen said, with possessed by Jesus in Acts chapter 7. So you have the counterfeit serving the fallen angels, stealing from the stars. There's a, they're using the light of the heavens off of course, causing chaos and rebellion through human souls on earth. That's what the curse of the fall is. It's the temptations of Satan and his angels that left their posts in heaven, that stars that fell from heaven, that are no longer flowing and flying from their courses. The the sun is still on its course. The moon is on its course. And the stars of Judges 5.20 war the two-thirds from their courses against the one-third that fell from their original intended course in the heavens. It's the angelic sphere. It's important because those that come into the bridegroom's chambers of the sun enter eternal Sabbath day's rest. They enter the original design for their souls had there never been a curse of the fall. And it's the power of time and it's the power of light magic. (laughs) Magi, the magicians, they knew the power of the stars. They practiced light magic and not in a demonic way, in a way that bowed down and worshiped Jesus. They were the most accurate because they could see with light magic who Jesus was by knowing the stars. People will know us by our light magic, and they'll know that we're sent from God because we'll be so accurate in the heavens, shining through their souls. And there will be a brightness, there will be a fire, and there will also be celestial signs and wonders accompanying us as we come into course with the heavens. Very important. Because all rebellion of the soul realm is connected to the stars. It's true. One third that fell versus the two third that still wore from their courses. Clearly written in the Bible. And we have so many more stars that are warring for us from their courses than those that are rebellious. And Adam and Eve gave up permission in the celestial realm, but we've taken it back. Satan was defeated at the cross. The work has already been purchased in the spirit. Jesus is the sheep gate for the sheep to go into the celestial realm, into the star realm, into the heavens, into the seven stars, into the 12 stars, and to begin harnessing the power of the seven stars in our right hand. Are we not the body of Christ? 
Revelation 1.16, we must possess the heavens. We must war from the heavens. We must be from above and not below. And it's not talking about just being from above in the third heaven in your spirit. It's also talking about being from above from the second heaven in your soul. Because that's actually the exchange of the spirit in your heart through the soul in your brain into the natural realm of the earth. Otherwise, it stays locked up and you have all the wicked with all the power and the money in the natural dimension, which is unrighteousness, which is total wickedness. We get justice in the natural dimension as the righteous people of God take the house of stars, the house of Daniel, the house of Enoch, and there's men and women that will help you in the spirit along the way to get wise enough to be the magi to practice light magic. It's truly the wisdom of the ages becoming masters of time. The seven stars, seven days of the week. The twelve stars, the twelve months of the year. And just reigning from above with the power of the Son through everyone in the perfect love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. If you want to give an end-year donation, all of your gifts are tax-exempt. You can get a tax write-off up until the end of the month. And it's... Min- we're a Minnesota nonprofit, Red Letter Ministries. You can write a check. You can donate all online. We could use your support. We've had a very, very interesting, interesting transition season, and this love glory continue to get stronger and stronger. So it's a brand new beginning, not just for this group, but really for the whole world. If you want to know what's going on in 2020, read Numbers 24, the 2020 vision. It is written in the Word so you can know what's about to happen in the world. The sons of God and the holy people are about to wield the power of the Son that will rule through every layer of the soul of all humanity in perfect love and bring divine order in all governments and burn with unquenchable fire all the enemies of Jesus Christ in the whole earth. It's going to be a good 2020. Amen. Amen. I'll see you guys January 6th. Amen. See you guys.